Hey, and welcome back to the podcast. At the start of the year, I took my church through the letter to the Galatians. Now, this letter is short, but it's full to the brim with content. So enjoy as we grapple with how big Jesus is and how he changes everything. Well, just for a moment, travel with me in your mind, in your mind's eye, to the playground. Now, some of the people in this room, they know the playground really well. Some of you, it might have been a few years, I don't know how many years it was ago was since you were last in the playground. But just put yourself there with me for a moment. What do you hear? My dad is bigger than your dad. I can kick the ball higher than you can. My bedtime is later than yours. You see, boasting is a big part of the playground life. And something actually we all know well, don't we? And this evening, Paul, in these last words of Galatians, challenges are boasting. So we're going to dive into this passage and have a look at verse 11. This is where Paul picks up the pen and he writes the very last part of this letter. That's what's going on in verse 11. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Now letters in Paul's time, they were written by scribes. Those were the people who had the skills to put pen to paper and keep it small. You see, papyrus, what they wrote on, was expensive. So the smaller the letters you have, and to keep them readable, the better. And then the end of such letters would be written by the letter's author. And that's what we have here. Paul is using large letters. It's the sign of the fact he's not a scribe. His handwriting is large. But having Paul write the final words in this letter is like us in Microsoft Word, taking something and putting it in bold. It adds more weight to it. It makes it stand out. You don't want to miss what he's about to say. Pay attention. And I've said that before in this letter already. If you remember a few weeks back, right at the start of the letter, Paul was making a case for his authority as an apostle. He told us about his message, his gospel that was not from man or by a man, but was from God. And like bookends, we find that idea here too. So what is it we should pay attention to? What are Paul's final thoughts that he wants the Galatians and us to take notice of? Well, as I alluded to earlier, it's to pay attention to what we boast in. It's not just school children who boast. hope we all know that. We all do it. And Paul wants us to pay attention to what we boast in. And his big point here is to boast only in the cross. We should boast only in the cross. So let's see how he works that argument through, shall we? First thing we're going to see is the wrong kind of boasting in verses 12 and 13. See, in these verses, Paul gives us a final warning about those false teachers. We've been seeing a lot about them over the past few weeks. And here again, we're reminded of earlier in the letter. We have the means of the flesh language coming back in verse 12. We saw that in chapter 3. And we have the word compel coming up again. We saw that. Uh, back in chapter 2 when the false teachers tried to get Titus or tried to compel Titus to be circumcised and Peter when he was compelling people to live like Jews in the way his kosher eating habits came out and as Paul opposed those situations he's opposing the false teachers now do you see there we're given the reason why these false teachers are doing what they're doing a bit more information into the situation that's taking place in Galatia 
Paul says that the false teachers were trying to impress people by means of the flesh. And the only reason they do it is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. So they have this mark on their bodies to make their life easier, to avoid being picked on by others. See, their big care, their big thing is about themselves. Their pretense is keeping the law, but, verse 13, Paul says they don't actually do it. In fact, he's said that before too. They cannot keep the law. No one can keep the law. But actually, we see here that the false teachers aren't trying to do that. They're only after themselves. They want to boast in getting the Galatians circumcised. They want to boast in what they've done. And therefore, Paul is opposed to them. It's the wrong kind of boasting. Now, as Paul has said in previous parts, it's a battle. It's a battle to keep the main thing the main thing. The flesh wants to gratify itself, to boast in itself. But each and every day, those who walk in the Spirit are to do battle. To battle, to focus on the main thing. So if that's the case, what is the right kind of boasting? Well, that's in verse 14 to 18. Have a look at what Paul says in verse 14. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. You see, there's only one thing that Paul will boast in. And it's not a mark in the flesh. It's the cross of Christ. Now we're sitting here and we might think to ourselves, sure, that's simple enough. But we need to remember that the cross is a terrible thing to boast about. It's seen by the world as weak, as pathetic, as a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, as Paul will write very shortly after this letter in 1 Corinthians. But still, Paul only boasts in the cross. Not in achievement, like the false teachers, and certainly not to stop persecution. Instead, he boasts because of what the cross has achieved. In the cross, the world has been crucified to him, and him to the world. Actually, every Christian can say that. In fact, we here at Christchurch sing that regularly. His lifeblood, like a crimson robe, clothes all his body on the tree. Then I am dead to all the globe, and all the globe is dead to me. That's from when I survey. You see, in Christ, at the cross, the Christian has died to the present world. The Christian has died to the present evil age as Paul said right at the start of the letter. And what the cross achieved was the setting up of a whole new world. A whole new world, I'm not going to go into a Disney song here. A whole new world that is beginning to show itself. It's like grass cracking through the uh, cracked concrete. And that's why Paul can say in verse 15, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. The things that marked the old creation, whether you were circumcised or not, Jew or Gentile, they have no weight now. They have no weight in the new creation. Paul said that before. He said that earlier in the letter, in chapter 3, verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The things of the old creation don't count anymore. What counts is the new creation, the cross, Christ crucified has brought in the promised new creation. 
The present evil age doesn't rule anymore. The old distinctions don't hold up. So that leaves us with, with the question, what do you boast in? Do you boast in the cross? Are you confident in it and it alone? Well, what does boasting in the cross look like? What might it look for us this week? Well, it it means seeing the cross as the only confidence we have. Rather than boasting in something we can do or something we have right now that's only going to fade, we put forward Jesus. As Sam said this morning, everything we have from God is, everything we have is from God anyway, isn't it? And it means we see the importance of the cross and therefore we tell others about it to the best of our ability. We take the opportunities we can in all those situations to speak of the cross. And in doing that, we're prepared to suffer for it, knowing that the world will see it as foolishness. It's not going to gain us a round of applause, but it is what is most important. And by doing that, we're investing in the new creation, confident that God has done in Christ and will do everything we need. We can throw our lot in there. And doing so gives us new priorities and means we will take those opportunities that we're given. So we end up living in light of who we are, as part of the new creation that God is bringing about, like grass peeking through cracked concrete. Because you see, the cross impacts everything. Paul's been saying that all the way through this letter, and that's why he can boast in it. And Paul wants all Christians to do that. That's verse 16. He says, peace and mercy to all who follow this rule. At the start of the letter, Paul gave out a curse. Do you remember that? Cursed be those who deny the gospel. Well, here, he's giving out a blessing to all those who follow the rule. All those who keep in step with the true gospel. Peace and mercy, those two things we need with God, come through that true gospel. And the true gospel as well includes being part of Abraham's family. Do you remember that from chapter 4? Paul draws us back to that idea again with the end of that sentence. You see, those who follow the true gospel are, have a look what it says, the Israel of God. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it, if we think about it? Paul has laid out the reasoning that those who are saved by grace are the true children of Abraham. They're the children of promise. And as we've been following our Bible overview through in our growth groups, we will see, spoiler alert here, that Jesus is the promised seed of Abraham. Jesus is what Israel pointed us forward to. And therefore, since we're united to him, united to that fulfilment of the promise made to Abraham, Paul can refer to those who hold to the true gospel as the Israel of God. See, unlike the false teacher was saying, as we've seen in this letter itself, there aren't any different levels to the Christian life. There's no longer Jew and Gentile. So do you think of your identity like that? All the way through this letter, Paul's been reassuring us that the gospel he's preaching is the true gospel. If you have Christ crucified, there's nothing more to have. You have everything you need. There isn't a tiered membership in God's family. There aren't any extra benefits to have. It doesn't matter who you're related to, where in the world you live, what you do for a job. Those who are united to Christ through the true gospel are completely 
100%, totally, unequivocally members of God's family. How amazing is that? That is your identity. That is true about you this evening. So instead of being proud of the marks on the bodies that they have done themselves, Paul instead shows us he has the marks that really count. Verse 17. The marks of Jesus, the marks of his apostleship. In some senses, these are the marks he's not chosen to receive. These are the marks of beatings, whippings, and everything else that has come by persecution. But on the other hand, these are the marks he's chosen to receive by following Jesus. And, by, and since that is central, that's what's most important to him. There's no need to question him anymore. From now on, he says that no one caused him any more trouble on this issue. He's laid out his case, the facts have been presented, and the case is now well and truly shut. And therefore, verse 18, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the hour in there. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the true family of faith. That's family joined together by the gospel. Can be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. See, those words are true for the Galatian church as they hold the true gospel. And those are words that are true for us too today as we hold the true gospel too. Paul reminds and assures the Galatians and us that they are the family of God. They are the true children of Israel. And Jesus is their Lord and ours. And that is the result of the true gospel as Paul's gone through this letter. Well, there you have it. That's the ending to the letter of the Galatians. We spent 13 weeks there, 13 evenings worth of looking at this letter. But I hope you agree, 13 weeks of seeing Christ crucified and therefore 13 weeks well spent. So once more, let me read that final verse. You can take this to the bank. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. Well, that's brought us to the end of Galatians. I hope you found it helpful. Feel free to send me any feedback. The email address is in the show notes. Next on the podcast, I'll be sharing a short series I did in Hebrews 11. So look out for that. But in the meantime, let's get on with praising God this week. Bye.